and Train in Vain, preceded by uh, Beton, Ukrainian uh, band's version of The Clash's London Calling, now called Kiev Calling, a war anthem which has uh, been embraced by the remaining members of The Clash and profits from that song will go to the Free Ukraine Resistance Movement uh, to help fund a shared communication system that will alert the population to threats and lobby for international support. Uh, Beson in Ukrainian means concrete, the same as it does in French. So that's an that. interesting mm. thing. But uh, buy that record now. Uh, Beton and Kiev calling. Hugh Grant has dismissed reports that he will be the next Doctor Who. <laughs> I can't see him somehow. Can you? It's Doctor Who? Oh, I don't know. Mm? Maybe. Uh, the 61-year-old, uh, best known for starring in British rom-com films such as Notting Hill, Love Actually and Four Weddings and a Funeral, responded to speculation first reported by the Daily Mirror that he was in the running to replace Jodie Whittaker. Uh, Hugh Grant played the Doctor in a comic relief special in 1991. He was offered the role in 2004 but turned it down. Uh, Whittaker announced in 2021 she wouldn't play the Doctor again after three special episodes due to air late this year, meaning a vacancy has arisen. But in response to a Guardian article about his potential new role, Grant said, Nothing against Doctor Who, but I'm not. No idea where the story came from. And the Daily Mirror had said conversations were in progress, according to a TV insider, after Russell T Davis, who's previously been head writer on the BBC TV series, signed on to return as showrunner for his 60th anniversary. It's been reported that Davis could turn the series into a Marvel-like product, in a reference to the franchise responsible for comic book-inspired films such as Iron Man and The Avengers. I think Hugh Grant would be a better master. The baddie. Master, the baddie, rather than actual Doctor Who, yeah. Who do else you... is there? Who else could do it? Well, Daniel Craig's not doing anything. <laughs> this is true. Piers Brosnan. Why not? <laughs> Wally would like that. But um, Hugh Grant was brilliant as the baddie in Paddington, so... Yes, yes, he was, actually. Maybe he should, uh, should take on that role instead. The Press Review is brought to you by BMW Côte d'Azur. London Times says Russia escalated its assault on Mariupol last night, threatening civilians as its source to break Ukrainian resistance. The Russian Defence Ministry warned inhabitants of the southeastern city, who'd earlier rejected a deadline to surrender, that they faced being brought before a military tribunal. In London, the Ukrainian Defence Minister accused Russia of having wiped Ukrainian cities off the face of the earth. He said that Mariupol was fighting not only for itself, but for Ukraine and for Europe. By virtue of their dedication and superhuman courage, tens of thousands of lives throughout Ukraine were saved, he said at a press conference with Ben Wallace, the Defence Secretary. Should Russia capture Mariupol, it would help it create a land corridor between the eastern regions of Donetsk and Luhansk, controlled by Russian-backed separatists and Crimea. In this morning's Le Monde, rescuers in China say hopes are fading of finding any survivors from the 132 people aboard a China Eastern Airlines passenger jet which crashed a day earlier in the mountains. A part of the Boeing jet was strewn across mountain slopes, a charred by fire after China's first crash involving a commercial jetliner uh, since 2010. And USA Today reports that President Joe Biden confirmed Russia's use of hypersonic missiles in Ukraine, warning President Vladimir Putin's backies against the wall, which means he could resort to using more severe tactics as the war stretches into another week. Speaking of the Business Roundtable CEO Corsley meeting on Monday, Biden said Russia used the fast-flying missiles because it's the only thing that they can get through Ukrainian defences. He called it a consequential weapon that's almost impossible to stop. 
The Press Review, brought to you by BMW, Mies Premium Motors, Bayern Avenue Cannes, BMW Store Monaco, and JPV Fréjus. Boost your business with the electrified range by BMW. Find all the BMW business drive offers at your car dealer. Let's have the terrific Tuesday pop quiz. Question number one. Who started a three-week run at number one on the UK singles chart on this day in 2009 with the song Poker Face? Lady Gaga. Certainly was. It was her second UK chart topper and a number one hit in over 20 countries. Uh, Question number two. The Jam had their first UK number one on this day in 1980 with their 10th release of which song? It's not in the sissy. This is the modern world. I'm going to say... The Eaton Rifles? Down the tube station at midnight. Is that your final answer? No. <laughs> Gosh. It was the first single of the 80s to debut at number one. The Jam, 1980. Did I say this is the modern world? No, but it's not that. Ooh, I give up then, go on. Going underground. Oh. <laughs> and finally, the Tartan teen sensation Bay City Rollers oh were at number one on this day in 1975 with the group's first of two UK number ones. What was the song? Shang a lang a lang a lang a lang a lang a lang. No. Bang a lang a lang a lang. <laughs> bye bye, baby. Certainly was. Yes, I never got into the bass sissy rollers. You do surprise me. It was a girly thing, I think. Riviera Radio. Business. Morning. Good morning. You're not going on holiday again, are you? I don't know where the again comes from. I was working uh, when I was off last time from the radio station. I will take a brief vacation during the Easter holidays. Yes, that is correct. Well, that's your story and you're sticking to it. Going anywhere nice? Hmm. Uh, I'm heading back to the Middle East, actually, so I'll be in Dubai for a few days, which will be all rather pleasant, well, for a week or so. Well, someone's had a good year. Come on. I'd hate to see your carbon footprint. <laughs> it's all <laughs> offset. Is it? <laughs> I've planted lots of trees. I'll offset you in a minute. Right, markets uh, down yesterday uh, after uh, Jerome Powell made a keynote speech uh, threatening to hike rates quicker and faster uh, than previously uh, disclosed. Yeah, actually, the main action was in U.S. bond markets as a result of that uh, speech. Treasuries sold off sharply, pushing a 10-year yield above 2.3%. This, you say, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said in remarks to the National Association for Business Economics, if we concluded that it's appropriate to move more aggressively by raising the Fed funds rate by more than 25 basis points at a meeting or meetings, we will do so which effectively puts a 50 basis point, half 1% increase on the table at the May meeting. The Fed chief emphasised the need to tighten policy quickly, warning that upward pressure on prices from the invasion of Ukraine comes at a time of already too high inflation. Powell said the Fed was willing to raise rates above the neutral rate if necessary. The neutral rate is the level at which policymakers estimate policy neither slows nor speeds growth. So if you take it above that, you're actively trying to slow down, dampen the economy. So there's somewhat of a 
change in tone, hawkish tone from the Federal Reserve. In fact, US Treasury is now on course for its worst ever quarter. US bonds are down 5.6% year to date. Equity market reaction actually relatively calm. Stock 600 in Europe closed down one-tenth of one percent. Energy and mining stocks outperforming, benefiting, of course, from higher commodity markets. But over on Wall Street, the S&P 500 were flat. The Nasdaq was only down four-tenths of one percent. We are looking at a lower start on the European bourses, however, this morning. Currently calling FTSE down two points. That's over in Frankfurt, down 50 points. Catcorn in Paris off 29 points. Oil prices are on the rise once again this morning. Brent's up 2.4%. $118 a barrel this morning. This is as the EU considers a ban on Russian oil. I told you not to eat your breakfast before you come on air. I mean, you salivate. Yeah, I did. Then. Can you tell? Can muesli, you honestly was tell? It? A bit so of muesli. Mm. Blueberry yeah. muesli. Yeah. Mm. I have this rude health <laughs> muesli with nuts in it. It's you have good. what? Sorry? Mm. Nuts. Rude health muesli. It's rude called, health. Yeah, it's like a, the nut version. How mm. much sugar is it? and nut, I think it is. Mm. Less than uh, less than the other ones. Oh, well, that's all right. Which is why I've transferred to it. Yeah, you need to lose a bit of Alpen, don't you? And apparently that is a little bit uh, Alpen. on the sugar content side. It's mm. like going back to the 1970s, Alpen, Alpen and ski the mountains, isn't it? Reminds me of Switzerland. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> oh, well, I suppose it's better than your normal breakfast when you're up in London because you just uh, grab a Cornish pasty out of one of those stands, don't you? Cornish pasty, dear me. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going back to work, anyway? I've been going back to work. I was in work last week, a number of days. We'll be in work a number of days this week. It's all good. Well, you're up in Canary Wharf. Yes, in Canary Wharf, on the train. All doing fine, thank you very much. <laughs> Office is busy, <laughs> buzzing, lots of communication, <laughs> lots of, uh, you know, I'm mentoring younger people. There's no need to get upset about it. I mean, I know you've been lulled out of your lulled out of your comfortable life in Cobham, you know, where you could uh, hang around in your pajamas all day. But you know, back to the, sh the, the shirt and tie, and uh, you know, buying everyone yep. Starbucks. Suit was on, shirt starched. It's, it's all perfect. I enjoyed it actually. Very nice. Good. Right. Let's uh, talk more about the Fed because it is a difficult balancing act, isn't it? Uh, you know, if you if you go too hard on rates, raise them too quickly, you could really uh, put a, a spanner in the works of the economy. But uh, if you don't uh, sort of lift enough, then inflation just runs away, doesn't it? Yeah, there's lots of complexity in terms of that balancing act, particularly against the backdrop of the uncertainty with the war taking place in Ukraine and the aftermath of that, and particularly, of course, the impact it has in terms of uh, energy prices, which are further stoking inflation, and then that risks the secondary effects into areas such as wages. But as you quite rightly point out, you could also see a trade shock that adds to those downside risks that, um, that can also uh, the, the central bankers need to be aware of. So it's trying to sort of walk a fine line between those concepts still remains very difficult. The reality is that inflation certainly has been higher for longer than was anticipated. You remember for months and months, the Federal Reserve and months other policymakers were talking about inflation being transitory and will start to uh, ease down quite considerably. And still reasons to believe that will be the case. But the timeline for that continues to be pushed out. And the war in Ukraine, of course, exacerbates many of those issues, not in terms only in terms of energy prices, but also the knock-on effect in terms of supply chains as well. So you add that into the mix, inflation will be higher for longer and central banks can no longer ignore it as being temporary. 
Yeah, well, um, this is it. I mean, they said it was transitory last year, and I, you know, I took it with a pinch of salt, but they couldn't uh, um, sort of uh, accommodate the fact that Russia was going to inv invade Ukraine and the oil prices would rocket and uh, commodities as well. So it's kind of a long-term problem until we get this, uh, this awful war uh, sorted out, then uh, it's going to be very hard to keep inflation in check. It really is. And it's not just energy markets, of course. You see it in terms of food as well. Remember that Russia and Ukraine produce vast amounts of wheat, of uh, corn, of sunflower oil. I think uh, their combined uh, capacity equates around 10% of globally traded calories. Well, the reality is that um, we've seen wheat prices, I think they were up 50% in the first two weeks of March. Corn's at its highest level that we've seen in a decade. That has ramifications, as we know, not only in terms of inflation, but what it means for food security. And then it really starts to impact things like emerging markets. So you can see that filtering through. We also know they're big producers of things like nickel and palladium. They are uh, vital components in terms of building cars. So you start to see it filtering through into that supply chain coming through. So there's a number of vulnerable areas that you start to see in terms of uh, global supply that uh, come under pressure as a result of the, uh, the invasion into Ukraine and uh, the broader impact of those higher energy prices. Well, at least the oil firms are doing well, eh? That's, you know, a cheerful thing. And Saudi Aramco, uh, record profits last year. Um, they say they're going to boost production between now and the next five years, and we could do with it now, but at lower prices. Yeah, state-owned oil giant announcing that it would ramp up investment. This in an effort, as you say, to boost production over the course of the next five years. News came after the company announced profit came in close to $110 billion dollars in 2021, which was double the figure from a year earlier, as it benefited from the highest oil price in 14 years. The state-controlled company said it will increase capital expenditure between 40 and $50 billion during the course of this year. That's up from $32 billion in 2021. Aramco said it expects oil and gas consumption will remain strong for decades and the run-up in prices underscores the need for more exploration. The company wants to raise crude production capacity to 13 million barrels a day from 12 million barrels by 2027 and increase gas output by more than 50% by 2030. Aramco shares, as you say, decent performer, up 21%. Yeah, well, I did a quick calculation on the uh, the back of a fact packet the other day, given that... Wow, uh, you were tapping away on your computer there, I heard. No, I was just trying to I mean, um, remember what I was looking at. you're very heavy-handed with the keys, aren't you? <laughs> Two fingers you special. You are very heavy-handed Yeah, with yeah, keys. but I, I worked out that, I mean, in a barrel of, uh, of crude, and actually you get more petrol out of a barrel of crude than you do actual crude, and uh, with current oil prices, they're making a huge profit. Yeah, I mean, governments are doing their bit by cutting fuel duty, but it's about time the oil companies took a hit as well. Yeah, well, there's lots of pressure building around this concept of a windfall tax. But you should also be reminded they had some pretty tough times during the course of the pandemic when oil prices fell quite dramatically. I mean, they held, means they held back in terms of some of the investment that we would have helped us during the course of this time. The one message, and we've said this before, but listen, the one message that rings loud and clear as a result of this, well, two things actually. Number one, reduce your reliance on Russia. Number two, ramp up alternatives and renewables in terms of energy sources. That was um, the sound of me impersonating a very, very small violin. Foreign exchanges, please. I thought so.
Pound against dollar coming in at 131 this morning. Euro dollar just below 110. You get one euro 19 and a half cents for British pound this morning. Speak to you tomorrow. Have a good day, sir. Enjoy your Cornish pasty. Hank Potson Barclay. Our local news brought to you by the Caisse d'Epargne Monaco Business Centre, a banking branch of the Caisse d'Epargne Côte d'Azur, assisting companies and real estate professionals at 27 Boulevard des Moulins in Monaco. Find out more at CECAS. That's C-E-C-A-Z hyphen monaco.com. On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Leicester has the top stories across the Riviera. Corsican nationalist activist Yvonne Colonna has died from his injuries following an attack in prison by a fellow inmate. The Corsican independence activist was serving a life sentence for the assassination of the prefect Claude Erignac back in 1998. Colonna had always claimed his innocence following his arrest in July 2003. In other news this morning, the prefect of the Outmara team has said that just over 12,100 Ukrainian refugees have passed through the Laterbi toll booths on the A8 motorway uh, since the start of the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, speaking on France Bleu, Bernard Gonzalez uh, said that the services of the Outmara team prefecture have been mobilised to issue residence permits to the large number of refugees arriving in the department. And meanwhile, France's finance minister, Bruno Le Maire, has announced that France has seized around 850 million euros of Russian oligarchs' assets. Uh, the mayor added that authorities have immobilised 539 million euros in real estate on French territory, corresponding to some 390 properties and two yachts with a value of 150 million euros. According to the latest opinion poll of voting intentions from the ELAB Institute, presidential candidate Emmanuel Macron remains in the lead despite a notable setback. Marine Le Pen and Jean-Luc Mélenchon continue their progression, while Eric Zemmour and Valérie Pécresse lose points. After a sharp rise two weeks ago, Emmanuel Macron is down for a second week in a row. He's now credited with 27.5% of the vote. That's down three and a half points from the poll last week. And meanwhile, the candidate of the national rally, Marine Le Pen, who retained second place in voting intentions in the first round, is progressing with the second consecutive week. Uh, with plus 2% in one week, she's now credited with 20% of the votes. 65% uh, of people who voted for her in 2017 uh, say they would vote for her again, which corresponds to an increase of 3% in just one week. And finally, latest regional figures for COVID have shown that the instant rate in the PACA region remains slightly lower than the instant rate nationwide, with 683 positive cases per 100,000 inhabitants. That's compared to 687 throughout France. The incident rate in the Outmar team has been rising steadily since March the 3rd, with the number of hospitalisations experiencing a slight increase. Also, over the past seven days, the Outmara team has experienced 20 new deaths from COVID. Since the start of the epidemic, 2,261 people have died from COVID in hospitals in the Outmara team region. Traffic and travel, brought to you by Aston Martin Cab, your new exclusive dealer on the French Riviera.
Monaco Tunnel, very busy. There's a broken down vehicle on the eastbound side at around about 54 Nice Snore and a westbound. It's starting to look slow uh, coming off the motorway on Teeb. Moyne Corniche, very, very busy now. The Basque Corniche is slow around Marla and then again as you get to Cap Dye into Monaco. Uh, the Voir Rapide in Nice is slow westbound between Fabron and Santa Augusta and the eastbound tunnel is looking quite slow as well. Bit of a jam forming on the penetrons coming down from Mujan to the motorway. Trains okay, nothing's reported at Nice Coast Sea Airports. Traffic and travel brought to you by Aston Martin Can, a Chopin Automobile Group dealership. 235 Route du Canet in Mujan. Find out more at AstonMartinCan.com. Riviera Radio, Sports News. Football Manchester United are reported to have drawn up a four-man shortlist to take up the role of manager. United are said to be interested in the PSG coach Maurizio Pochettino, as well as the Ajax manager Eric Ten Hag, with Antonio Conte of Spurs and Thomas Tuchel of Chelsea also favoured. Tuchel appears to have ruled himself out of the job after saying he's happy at Chelsea. United will appoint a new head coach when Ralph Ragnick ends his interim term, or possibly sooner. Who's it going to be? I don't know. Who do you think? Harry Redknapp. Do you? Rafa Benitez. <laughs> Maybe. Dave Bassett. <laughs> Maybe not. Here's more football from BBC Sport. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Paul Serres at the BBC Sports Centre. The England manager Gareth Southgate has called up Crystal Palace's Tyreek Mitchell and Southampton's Kyle Walker-Peters to the national squad for the upcoming friendlies against Switzerland and Ivory Coast. The BBC's football correspondent John Murray has more. Gareth Southgate has dug into his rich pool of full-backs to replace the injured Trent Alexander-Arnold and Rhys James with Tyreek Mitchell and Kyle Walker-Peters both involved with the senior squad for the first time. The 22-year-old left-back Mitchell has started all but two matches for Crystal Palace this season and could play for England at Wembley, having played for AFC Wembley at the outset of his career. Walker-Peters, at 24, has similarly impressed with Southampton and was an under-20 World Cup winner with England five years ago. The Crystal Palace defender Joel Ward says that his teammates Mark Gahey and Tyreek Mitchell both thoroughly deserve the recognition. He's a joy to, to play alongside, um, for sure. I think you know he's, he's uh, quite a reserved character, but he leads by example. The way in which his composure on the ball, his vision, his range of passing, you know, it's, it's great to see. And I think he's, he's got an extremely bright future, as is Tyreek. I think, obviously, we've seen you know, him come out of the shower and, and really develop and make that position his own. England face Switzerland on Saturday and Ivory Coast next Tuesday. The English Premier League side Chelsea are still attracting bids two days after the deadline passed for potential buyers to submit their offers for the club. The European champions were put up for sale by their Russian owner Roman Abramovich shortly before he was sanctioned by the British government for his country's invasion of Ukraine. Meanwhile, Chelsea supporters will be permitted to attend the club's FA Cup semi-final against Crystal Palace at Wembley Stadium next month, following amendments to the club's operating licence, which has prevented tickets being sold due to the sanctioning of Mr Abramovich. And for more football news from the BBC, go to bbc.com forward slash football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Rugby Union, the English Rugby Football Union, said it has complete confidence in coach Eddie Jones despite the side's lacklustre performance in the Six Nations. 
The RFU says there's been solid progress under Jones, A, uh, despite England losing three of their five Six Nations games in just over a year from the World Cup in France. England were beaten finalists at the last World Cup. They appear to have gone backwards since then. Uh, Jones will meet with the RFU board over the next two weeks, but it appears his position as head coach is not in doubt. Oh, well. <laughs> not what you thought. It's another World <laughs> Cup out the window, isn't it? Uh, cricket, the interim men's test head coach Paul Collingwood says that he'd like a permanent role with the team. England have drawn the first two tests against West Indies with the decider starting on Thursday. Collingwood says he believes the team are already in a better and stronger place and that he'd relish the chance to take on the job full time. You've got to be in a better place when you're in the West Indies, really, haven't you? And in golf, the three-time champion Phil Mickelson will not compete at the Masters next month for the first time in 28 years. The 51-year-old is taking a break from the game after apologising for his criticism of the regime in Saudi Arabia. Mickelson's name was omitted from a list of active players competing in the tournament. The PGA champion was involved with the Saudi Arabian-backed golf series but faced a backlash for comments that he made in November. Here's the marine weather forecast. For coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore, the Almaracim and the Var. The general situation is an anti-cyclone, 1,043 millibars, stationary over the Baltic. Now, winter east-southeasterly, force 3 to 5. The sea is slight to moderate. Visibility is good. Barometric pressure at saint jean cap 1,033 millibars. And the outlook for Wednesday, clear skies, force 2 to 4 variable winds, slight seas and good visibility. Uh, for North Corsica, winds are variable, force 2 to 4, the sea is slight, visibility is good, barometric pressure at Cap Course, 1,033 millibars, and the outlook for Wednesday, clear skies, force 2 to 4, variable winds, slight seas, and good visibility. The weather forecast is brought to you by Camper and Nicholson's Yacht Management Division. Clear skies again, moderate easterly winds, but uh, certainly not as blowy as it's been for the last week or so. Uh, top temperatures 14 to 16 degrees. Overnight lows 5 to 8 degrees on the coast, 1 to 4 degrees inland with clear skies. Wednesday and Thursday, clear skies with highs of 14 to 17 degrees. The weather forecast brought to you by Camper and Nicholson's Yacht Management Division. Our qualified team of yacht management experts offer bespoke advice and services to owners and captains alike. Visit camperandnicholsons.com. Finally. The world's first flying taxi has been unveiled and passengers could be using its services in just five years' time. Amnext is the second hybrid model from the Slovakian firm Aeromobile and it comprises of half supercar and half light aircraft. It takes less than three minutes to transform between modes, according to the reports. And the company hopes commuters using its proposed hail and ride service will save a significant amount of time when travelling distances of between 100 and 500 miles. It claims passengers will be able to enjoy a door-to-door -door single seat convenience and comfort to work, rest, play or just enjoy the view. As yet, though, no details are available as the cost of the flying taxi or the prices prospective users will be charged. Well, there you go. Get the headmaster to get you flown in to work in the morning. Why not? Yeah, he's got loads of money. 